This is the first time. Chirp Radio's live storytelling and music series recorded at Martyrs in Chicago's North Center neighborhood. Here's your host, Jen Sodini. Up next, Alicia Swizz. She's an educator and a feminist and an advocate. She teaches media and gender studies. Is it Harold Washington College? Yeah. She is a delight. Every time I pick up my feminist as fuck pin, I think of her with great pleasure. Alicia Swizz. Hi. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm from New Jersey, can you tell? No, but really, that's the beginning of my story. And now you know. So I moved to New York City because I was like, I'm going to be an actress. <laughs> Look at me, Abby. I have blonde hair and blue eyes. I'm like five foot nothing inches with big boobs. <laughs> what else am I going to do with my life? So I was 19 and I moved to New York City thinking I'm going to be an actress or famous. That Those are my goals. Got there, realized. Oh, I don't think I want to be an actress. Because here's what being an actress in New York City when you're 19 looks like. You just show up to casting calls where they barely let you in. And when you get there, you just smile and look real cute. Remember? Remember how I started here? And they just say, you know what? Did you just get off the bus? Welcome to the big city. And you can get an audition with another agent. You can get an agent without an audition. You can get a part without a lady. And that's what being an actor is like. So I decided I don't want to lose weight. I don't want to look different. I don't want to be less than you want me to be. So I went to college. Yeah, that's a thing people can do. It was a state university in North Carolina where I worked as an extra on Dawson's Creek. Yeah. Credibility. I was a stand-in for Michelle Williams. She's won an Oscar. I stood there. <laughs> it was there where I figured out I didn't want to be an actress. <laughs> and I realized what I wanted to be was actually a feminist. Hey, look at that. So it's been clear to me from the beginning that I was always like there for women. Like my mom likes to tell this story about how I was three years old and I just stood there between her and my dad and I was like, mom, don't let him talk to you like that. Dad, you're not being nice. And then they got divorced and we all lived happily ever after. But then I went to college and I was a student of like sociology and women's studies and I was like, I wanna be on stage. I want people to look at me. I wanna be a part of this dialogue. But I didn't wanna be other people. So I took women's and gender studies classes and trust me, when you go to college in North Carolina, you take a class called Women's and Gender Studies, you're already starting the revolution. <laughs> One of our texts in my class in the late 90s was the Vagina Monologues, which was a play, but also like a book that you could read. 
And so the play was so successful that the woman who wrote it was like, hey, I'm going to talk to women about their vaginas because <laughs> they're important. I don't know how many time y'all have spent with vaginas. I've spent plenty. You look like maybe not so much, but I'm sorry about that. We can talk more about that later. The thing is, my professor is like, we could just read this book on stage. You guys could just get stools and a stage. We're going to show up. We're going to read it. This is what activism looks like. This was the late 90s. Again, who remembers the 90s? Yeah, can we have a moment for the 90s? I feel like we need to live a little right here. So the way we auditioned for this play, which wasn't a play, was like, pass around the sheet and sign up for what part you want. So everyone signed up for my angry vagina because if you're a woman and you have a vagina, clap it up if you're angry. No, like right now. There's not enough of you clapping, and I don't believe you, but... So everyone was really into that because it was like, now's our time to be angry about pap smears. That was like the main point of that monologue. It's true. Y'all are laughing like, ha, ha, ha. No. Mm-hmm. Yes, all women. I signed up for that one. Didn't get it because, you know, no one else signed up for the cunt monologue except me. So when all was said and done, It was like, Alicia will do the cunt monologue. It wasn't as dynamic as this. It was in the Cameron School of Business, in one of those lecture halls that you like see in a movie and you're like, is that where people go to college? You know, and like those big, like awkward lecture halls where you're like, no one invited me to that class because I'm taking women's studies classes. They're in the basement. The only thing we had to, like, support our reading of the show was wearing black and red. Like, that was what bonded us. Every girl wore a red shirt and black pants. I wore red pants. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I had my period. (laughs) Probably. And it was great. I think Forever 21 had just come out. They were like $9.99. So I show up to do this just like casual stage reading of a monologue called Reclaiming Cunt, which goes something like this. I call it cunt. I really like it. Cunt. I've reclaimed it. Cunt. And the guy in the front row was not as cute as you. And I wish I was looking at him. I mean you. But I was looking at him. And he did not like my aggressive sexuality. He did not like that I was a woman on stage talking and having a vagina. And saying things about it, like, cunt, 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 cunt. And the best part about that piece and the vagina monologues in general is 
it was women talking about real experiences to raise money to support women who were like getting punched in the face, basically, or punched in the vagina. Because that happens all the time. I know. My piece is depressing. I'm sorry, you guys. I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry because cunts are amazing. Women are amazing. Yeah. And so sitting on this stage, watching the word vagina pour out of the mouth of all these undergraduate students and this one professor in the front who was so intimidated by the way women were just talking about their bodies. When my piece ended, when the show ended, he walked up to me and he said, you have no right, how dare you? I can't even believe you think. I don't know the exact words, because I chose not to retain that information. He was only guided away by two other professors, women's studies professors. Sad, but true. The next day on campus, walking around, woman after woman after woman came up to me. Aren't you the cunt girl? <laughs> I mean, that was awesome. That was great. That was words I don't even have because I have never even seen someone stand on stage and talk about their cunt. And no one's ever really been given the opportunity to do that. And I thought I wanted to be an actress. I thought I wanted to be famous. What I realized was I just wanted to be a cunt. <laughs> the end. thinks he's fly and is also known as a buster always talking about what he wants and just sit on his broke ass so no i don't want your number no i don't want to give you mine and no i don't want to meet you nowhere no i don't want none of your time I don't want no scrub A scrub is a guy can't get no love from me Hanging out the passenger side of his best friend's ride Trying to holler at me I don't want no scrub A scrub is a guy can't get no love from me Hanging out the passenger side of his best friend's ride Trying to holler at me Scrub is checking me and his game is kind of weak And I know he cannot approach me Cause I'm looking like class and he's looking like trash Can't get with a deadbeat ass So, no, 
I don't want your number, no I don't want to give you mine, and no I don't want to meet you nowhere, no I don't want none of your time, no I don't want no scrub A scrub is a man can get no love from me Hanging out the passenger side of his best friend's ride Trying to holler at me I don't want no scrub A scrub is a guy can't get no love from me Hanging out the passenger side of his best friend's ride Trying to holler at me If you don't have a car and you're walking Oh yes son, I'm talking to you If you live at home with your mama Oh yes son, I'm talking to you If you have a short but you don't show love Oh yes son, I'm talking to you Wanna get with me with no money Oh no, I don't want no spatially expand my horizons then that leaves you in a class without scrubs never rising i don't find it surprising if you don't have the g's to please be and bounce from here to the coast of overseas so let me give you something to think about and ditch your mind with intention to turn you out can't forget the focus on the picture in front of me you as clear as dvd on digital tv screen satisfy my appetite with something spectacular check your vernacular and then i'll get back to you with diamond like precision insatiable is what i envision can't detect acquisition from your friends Expedition, Mr. Big Willie. If you really wanna know, ask Chili. Could I be a silly hoe? Not really. T bars and all my senoritas are stepping on your felines, but you don't hear me though. I don't want no scrub. Scrub is a guy can't get no love from me. Hanging out the passenger side of his best friend's ride, trying to holler at me. I don't want no scrub. A scrub is a guy can't get no love from me. Hanging on the passenger side of his best friend's ride Trying to holler at me You've been listening to a Chirp Radio podcast of our live storytelling and music series, The First Time. Our storyteller was Alicia Swizz. And The First Time 2 performed No Scrubs by TLC. The First Time 2 is Liam Davis and Gerald Dowd. To hear more First Time pieces, check out the series website, firsttime.chirpradio.org. And you can hear other podcasts produced by the station at chirpradio.org slash podcasts. Chirp Radio, hear what's next.